0: Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com One zero six five East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite three ten, Foster City, California nine four four zero four.
1: Eric, that might be the dumbest thing you've ever said on this podcast. Mike Davis <laughs> and it being the Bell Cow in Seattle. No, sorry. I not mean, money, but, but he,
3: like he's had the little spurts in the But they've gone to like fifteen running backs in three years. It's it's insane. Anyone, anyone, anyone any given week, could get those touches i'll i'll eat dog poop on this podcast if mike davis is
1: a is a bell cow back
2: okay again i'm not talking about a long-term bell cow back i'm saying that he he could be a Darwin at De- any
1: time at any like okay. for more than a week All right. All right. All right. He, one
2: one week yep. one week with 18 touches nathan eats dog poop on the pod <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by RotoQL this week. I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by Dan Sanio, FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter, and Doodoo doo-doo eater himself, Nathan Powell. What's up? How you doing, man? Oh, boy. What's up, guys? You've got, based off of what you said at the beginning of the show, you have one more week. Of Mike Davis value. And then on this very podcast, I believe you said you will eat dog poop, is I believe what you said.
1: First, I, I just want to get ahead of this. Um, I'm probably going <laughs> to end up losing this bet.
2: Um,
1: people have requested periscopes and video of this. Um, I, I would like to have a career. You know, a job, and if uh, people Google my name and me eating dog poop comes up, <laughs> it's not going to be great for my career. So, so if this happens, it won't be on video. It'll be on this podcast only for our oh listeners. Oh my god! Only yeah, for the oh, listeners. Oh, I,
3: I'm more than fine having
2: one of the only <laughs> other set of eyes to witness it. Oh man! Oh, and this let this be a lesson to all the listeners out there that if you're going to volunteer up a bet for free. Make it not eating dog poop, really, is I guess what I was saying. Just
1: don't volunteer bets for free. Like, I I wasn't like getting anything in return. Like, if Mike Davis was never in the NFL ever, if Mike Davis got cut yesterday, like, I wasn't going to get anything from that. So I'm
3: I'm just trying to be funny and make a stupid joke. He was so upset that you even brought Mike Davis up, and he's like, "No, I, I will eat dog <laughs> Oh man, it's
2: just well, off the rails. But this oh, we had, we had to, we had I to. I don't get too many right, Nathan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my laps right now. I'm gonna take. Honestly, it <laughs> took the edge off you tearing me a new one in a trade and Mitch Trubisky going off. It made that like the pain of that so much. It it, it was alleviated completely, to be honest with you.
1: Well, we we can discuss that trade later, but uh, aside from from the dog poop, of course, uh, do we actually think Mike Davis will have some week-to-week value, or do you think Carson steals that job back and Davis is relegated to – I mean, if he's not relegated to behind Rashad Penny, then Rashad Penny's the worst draft pick in NFL history.
2: And that's plausible. Before we get into it, though, Nathan, let's go ahead and give everybody a quick reminder that they can support the RotoViz Radio Network and all of our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you gain access to RotoViz Live, our weekly Sunday video show, answering all of your fantasy questions every week. That they do the show. It's awesome. Uh, Patronships start at just $5 a month and provide exclusive access to RotoViz Live. That's four shows per month on Top of 40 podcasts for just $5. So become a RotoViz radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners and access premium content and do your part in helping this network grow and our show grow to help produce high quality, industry leading programming.
3: Speaking of those exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a RotoViz NFL pass right now. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The season is here. We are in it. Make sure that you I mean you're still ready. You're ready for week five, week six, and beyond. Um, you can gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get amazing value and you can support the podcast network. That's us. Once again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash
2: podcast. All right. Well let's let's now answer Nathan's questions on Mike Davis and what the heck is happening in this backfield, (laughs) which um, I, I mean I think I even said when we were talking about this in the preseason, there's like a, a, almost a 0% chance that Penny doesn't get a substantial workload. But it seems like Penny can't stay on the football field, whether it be his abysmal blocking or just Pete Carroll doesn't trust him or like him. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Mike Davis could happen another week pretty easily. I mean, how do you take a guy who looked that good, went over 100 yards in two TDs, how do, you just, how do you just shelf him after your run game has been just – I, I guess what I'll say here is it's been dog doo doo. <laughs>
3: it's I mean, and that's, that's what Carol does though. he he's a hot hand guy. He just doesn't he, he always seems like he's going against the flow. Um I, I don't I, I think it's gonna take a Chris Carson another injury or still being injured to to get Mike Davis back out there for those same for those same reps. And I mean you hit it right on the nose, Eric. It's it's I don't think Carroll trusts penny at all i think his blocking is an issue considering how bad that offensive line is they know how bad that offensive line is and rashad penny's a liability in that portion of the game now as a pure runner he's fantastic we saw some of that this week Uh, i think he had a pretty pretty solid game considering
2: he only had nine touches yeah but um but that's what's killing him is is that they're like he's not on the field right no mike davis he was playing against nathan it was was mike davis
3: (laughs) Well, Mike Davis can pass block and, and that's, that's the difference. You know, they don't, they don't have Disley now who was a high end blocker. So they're kind of losing out on that. So I think it's going to be kind of a tough road ahead for Rashad Penny until either carroll has gone or they fix that old line.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, it's, I'm kind of backpedaling here, uh, but I think it's pretty likely that Davis ends up getting that 18 carry game sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, whether it's because Carson's out or because they try and ride the hot hand. And maybe it's not next week. Maybe Carson does have the hot hand next week and he gets 18 to 20 carries, but there will be some point in the next month or so where this happens. And I'm going to hate myself. Uh, so,
2: <laughs> well, uh, hold on. Let's, let's talk dynasty value of you hating yourself here. Cause that's the question of there's no, I mean, he's, he's on a ton of waivers. Uh, so even in very deep dynasty leagues, I mean, is, is Davis worth going and putting a claim in on after this week?
1: A claim, yes, but I'd sell for a third if someone wanted to go buy him.
2: Oh, yeah, I, thought, I can't, yeah. can't disagree there. Yeah, if you can get – honestly, a fourth might be worth it.
1: I mean, um, a fourth, what's the point, though? You can take the points.
2: It's valid. Yeah, you have a yeah. starting running back for one week. That's a fourth.
1: Basically. <laughs> All right, let's 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 talk about some running backs that actually matter because uh, the Seattle, Seattle running backs don't really matter. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, it was reported uh, before we started recording on Monday night that he'll be back in week seven. It's such an odd announcement that, like, I mean, maybe if it was, like, after next week's game, maybe that wouldn't make sense. But we're just we're, – we're leaving week four, and he's saying, okay, I'm going to come back basically in week eight. And yeah. I think that's just such a strange thing to say. So, I mean, I'm skeptical whether this is 100% accurate. But even if it is, um, I think that – I, I, I Maybe I haven't really been saying that loud to hear because it was kind of a hot take originally after his first few big games. But I've never been a huge believer in Connor as far as a long-term prospect People were saying, oh, he's worth two firsts, two late firsts, he's worth this and that. And I've always been like, eh. Like, you know, when Bell comes back, he's definitely going to take a backseat. And there's certainly no guarantee past this year with them investing in maybe a a free agent that's not on or even in the draft as well. So my my take on Bell coming back is, you know, good for the people who have him. I I really don't think – People will say, "Oh, he's he's this is his buy low window closing." Like, I don't, I haven't really seen too many like Le'Veon Bell owners trying to sell low because of his holdout. But, and
2: I mean, what I think it's all relative as to where low is, Nathan, because I think there is some selling low, as in like second round startup valuation, which is probably where his value is right now. I, I
1: haven't seen that personally.
2: Okay, I mean, I I, I believe we've seen for like for single first round draft picks traded for Bell at this point. Oh, that's uh, cool. But but I mean, yeah, this is this is tough. And, and I think, and I, and I think uh, it was reported also since, since he's going. I think that 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 announcement also coincides with the trade deadline. So I think what he's doing here is he's just like almost like putting the shot clock up of like trade meets Steelers, or else I'm going to show up because I think he's doing this announcement to like put pressure under the Steelers um, that he's going to come and get paid and put them in a pickle. So um, and then the Steelers are going to be thrilled about it because they're going to want to just pay him and ride him into the ground. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think that the trade seems more likely than him coming back at this point. And as far as Connor goes, I'm kind of on the opposite side of that fence, Nathan. I'm not in the two first camp, but I'm not that far away from it. I've, I've paid, I even, I even believe you ridiculed me on Twitter for one of my trades for Connor. Um, but I've been actively buying him if the price is anywhere near a first round pick, just because I think the future is there too, along with the immediate production right now.
3: The the position itself matters. Uh, I mean, you can just label it as Pittsburgh running back because you dive back through the last four or five years, and when it's not Le'Veon Bell, and it's been say D'Angelo Williams, yeah, DeAngelo Williams is a blows up. Of that. Even the couple of weeks Fitzgerald Toussaint played, I think he was mediocre. You know, I, I think I think the position the the value is there within the system. And now I'm not saying that Bell is simply just the system guy. We know that he's a high end running back. But the added value comes from that system. So, as far as him getting back on the field, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I'm extremely skeptical of this whole thing. Like you said, Eric, it coincides with the trade deadline, so I think it's a uh, it's a push to make for them to make a move to a team where they're going to be willing to sign him long term. Um,
2: is, is there places that he signs, Dan, that excites you a ton? Like from a vow because I. I like, does his value catapult in any position? Or, I mean, I think I think it stands much more chance to plummet than it does soar.
3: The only place I can truly see his value going up is if he goes to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Um, and now I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I don't know how their cap space looks, but... You know, well, and I mean, doing it
2: this year after they lost Jimmy G sucks too, because they're yeah, basically right. out then, of it this year, right?
3: But then you're looking at, you know, 35 touches a game with Beathard giving him the ball constantly. Um, the other options are, you know, like the New York Jets or maybe the Indianapolis Colts, depending on what they want to do with Hines and Mack and Wilkins and that whole mess. So I don't know. I, I think, if anything, this news maybe opens up a small sell window. Uh, and try to get a little bit of extra value out now. I'm not saying sell for a first and a half or anything like that, but if you can get back to what his value was now that there's maybe there's a potential of light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's all about perception at this point. It's not necessarily whether he plays or not. It's what's perceived. So, if folks are perceiving that he's going to be playing I think you can sell him for a little more than what he's currently going for. Maybe it is that second-round startup value, and I think you can get him back in that first-round startup value if you have someone that truly believes it. Um, As as far as Connor goes, again, I'm with you, Eric. I don't think it's two first-round picks. Uh, I think you could have gotten that after the first game just because people go crazy about things. But now I think he's still going to be relevant in the future. I think, again, with that Pittsburgh running back tag for now until we see what happens. Uh, I think he still has relevant, you know, first round rookie pick value for sure plus some.
2: Yeah. Uh Nathan, I'll ask you the I'll ask you the question of just valuation of Le'Veon right now. I mean, that's an interesting take from Dan. Are you selling Le'Veon if you're if you're owning him anywhere right now, if you can still get a turnaround for greater than two firsts?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I'm not really trying to sell for i guess if i'm trying to sell Le'Veon, I'm guessing my team would be competitive if i had Le'Veon, on so i would be more targeting maybe a christian mccaffrey or you know basically one of the other running backs that are going in the first second round range you and know, i have to go like Le'Veon in the late second for mccaffrey you know some people will say oh that's crazy Le'Veon was being drafted for mccaffrey over the season but you know mccaffrey has shown out and i think that he's there to stay in carolina so i mean i think he's a really good buy
2: um let me ask you, like, Kareem Hunt plus what for Le'Veon? Or is that a straight-up oh, trade? Another day? Kareem Hunt? <laughs> I, 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 I think he's well, in the second round of startups right
1: now, right? I don't, I don't think he will be when the next ADP comes out.
2: Yeah, he's been bad this year. Well, I mean, the problem is his team's been insane. So they're like, well, we don't need to really run the ball because our defense is a sieve. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, well then, uh, is there anything else just value-wise? I mean, I think the on one is, is is a super interesting scenario. If we had anything like this before in Dynasty that we can look back to and say, like, a high-end player holding out for a significant period of time, nothing comes to mind for me. And I'm just, like, trying to pull from experience here, and I'm like, I don't know that I've come across this. So it's interesting to see the market hold as steady as it has for him. I mean, we had Lady on last year. <laughs> Well, yeah. No, but that was that was all smoke and mirrors, and he shows up for week one like that wasn't right. Big, but he week, showed up like
1: four days before week one. No, I, week I know. Before. I'm just saying
2: we've had this before in that sense, yeah. and that's what everybody thought was happening this year, right? Everybody thought he was going to do the exact same thing, roll up, and uh, he was apparently taking it a bit more seriously now. Yeah. Um, all right. What about? Let me ask you a question. Melvin Gordon and for Le- plus what for Le'Veon or straight up. It's
1: straight up. I'd, I'd take Melvin.
2: So, so you're basically telling me he's fallen into like the middle of the second round of startups, late end of the second round of startups with those valuations. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, I think that that's totally fair. Okay, let's go ahead and, and pivot into our next segment and uh, and talk about the golden boy himself, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I even put out a tweet saying 10 minutes before the game started, uh, Nathan finally lured me. He's been trying to trade with me all all uh, all week for mitch and uh and jimmy g in one of our leagues very complicated contract league in kitchen sink uh but he finally got him and then of course i turn on the tv and it's mitch touchdown mitch touchdown i'm like it was mitchapalooza for those of you who are uh, enjoy the uh now i can't even remember the movie with mitchapalooza in it old school there it is mitchapalooza was last night or yesterday yesterday afternoon so um what are we making of this is this I heard some, I saw some takes on Twitter of this being a product of the new, like, roughing the passer rules in the NFL, where even, even mediocre quarterbacks look amazing. I'm not sure I believe that after this small sample size, but what, what's the take, Nathan? I'll, I'll kick to you since I traded you Mitch. Uh,
1: let me just get out in front of it by saying I wasn't, like, making the trade, oh, because I'm going to have Mitch Trubisky this week. Right. No, like, I, I know. It out, I, I thought it was a, a, a trade that worked for both teams. And. We, we say all the time don't try and like convince the trade partner it's a good trade for them but like it was such a good trade for you that i was like oh like you should really do this trade after you like said no like three times and it eventually works but anyways well let's get back. all
2: right i'll, I'll tell you because i i you you did you did get in my head a little bit i'll give you that but i was <laughs> i was legitimate i was like i don't think i need this trade i was like i, I think i i think i'm okay i think i'm set and i have like depth but um, you finally came in, and and you found one of my like secret loves in Dion Kane. So that's that's fine. You,
3: I you, love you, that that was the breaking point. Not not that you're getting Cam Newton, but that you're dude. Getting- it was it was
2: close. I legit tanked on it for like two evenings, and I I kept looking at it, and I was like, just hit accept, and I was like,
1: I can't yeah. No, it. I was literally boxing game, like. Eric yeah. is the most frustrating person to trade with. He never just <laughs> clicks accept. He sits there and contemplates it for like eight months and then accepts it.
2: Sorry, sorry. Yes, that's that's factually correct. Unless you're just giving me the farm, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's no hurry. I had till Sunday to even make. And also, also, I didn't realize that Cam was on a buy, so I traded. I didn't even start <laughs> a second quarterback. I was like, God damn it, Nathan. <laughs>
1: All right, but yeah, uh, just from a Trubisky thing, I think it. I don't think it's a product of roughing the passer. I think it's a product of the Bucks being one of the worst defenses ever assembled. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I think another thing that's a product of, and yes, we people. I think people overreacted with uh, how bad his rookie season was because his yes. receiving core was absolutely terrible. He's added weapons of Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton had a big touchdown, and so I mean, it's very similar to the. Uh, Jared Goff career arc of terrible first year get a new coach get weapons in and then blow up in the second year I don't think he's going to have as good of a second season as Goff did but I do think that he's going to end up being a guy who who you draft in like the QB 10 to QB 12 range come like January
2: yeah and that was that's actually where I'm going to ask the question because I I do want to pick your guys brain on where this puts Mitch in a dynasty ranking standpoint so let me let me throw some names at you if you would trade straight up mitch trubisky for these players so well, let's
1: let's say super flex because i like yeah sure i mean yeah
2: sure super flex is fine although in comparing quarterback to quarterback i'm not sure the value really matters all that it body. does
1: a lot but,
2: you know. <laughs> all right all right mike davis <laughs> oh man all right um let me ask i'll just start james winston or trubisky james
3: roster spot
2: <laughs> all right don't be so hyperbolic dan why don't you try giving you know helpful information instead of dropping both quarterbacks trubisky uh matt stafford or trubisky
3: stafford easily
2: stafford but i think it's close okay what about marcus Mariota or trubisky Mariota, Mariota. okay so we're really i mean okay i know i know which way this is gonna go dak prescott or trubisky, trubisky? Dak. <sighs> Wow, you took Dak. Okay, that's surprising. Um, now let's start going to some of the older guys in like a Drew Brees or Trubisky. Trubisky. Breeze. Interesting. So that's the line, I guess. I mean, it, let me ask just like guys just behind him, like Derek Carr, no. Trubisky. Uh,
3: Trubisky,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I'll take Trubisky. 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 Uh, what, let me ask Nathan, uh, Sam Darnold or Trubisky?
1: I, I'd have to go Darnold, but I think it's really close.
3: Okay, I'll take I mean, Jameis.
2: <laughs> um so I I think there's an an interesting topic there to be had but I think you're exactly right Nathan I think this is like we give up on guys t- too early like like Jared Goff was left on the side of the road and now he is just stud central so it is it, it is just amazing how a coach can single-handedly change uh, a quarterback's uh, career arc so um it was an unfortunate series of events but hopefully it comes back to earth if he, if he goes full like uh fitzpatrick on me and like scores like six tds for the next like three weeks i'll be pretty sad he's
3: it, it was it was a product of scheme and like nathan said that defense is absolutely atrocious if for any of any anybody that actually watched the game and didn't just look at the box score like most of you do um he four maybe five of those touchdowns were the easiest throws in the history of the universe one of them was actually a really, really good throw, and I was actually impressed by it. I think it was the Allen Robinson one on the corner. Um, but then throughout the game, there was four, five, six passes that he missed bad on wide-open players. Um, but again, Nagy schemed those schemed those guys wide open, and like Nathan said, he's got some weapons around him, and if they finally realized what they are they have in Tariq Cohen and got him involved, and in a lot of those throws were because Cohen's just way faster than any linebacker or safety right. you're going to try to put on him. So – Nagy's scheming to help Trubisky in the plays that he can make is so far beyond whatever John Fox was trying to do with him last year. Just running this garbage offense where he'd throw like ten passes and none of which works into Trubisky's
2: strengths. It's Fisher versus Fox. It's like they're the they so a bad, bad. I mean, like the two worst old school coaches like had these young quarterbacks. So yeah. uh, I think interesting is I think now might be a sell window though because if I, I had. I I would him him all day now because I was looking to sell him anyways. And then Nathan bought him right before the sell window. Yeah, people like to
3: overreact. And I I truly believe it's going to be a scheme thing rather than a Mitch thing. I I don't believe he's that talented. I just think if if they're going to continue to scheme this way against every defense, great. But that's one of the worst defenses in the league. So I'm I'm not reading into it very much. Good for him. I'm glad he was able to do it. So there's that.
1: All righty, let's move on to our next topic, and we're going to call this the slot segment. We're going to have each of us pick one slot wide receiver who had a big week four, and we'll discuss them. Um, I will start us off, and I will go with Cooper Cup, uh, the Rams offense. We just started talking about uh, Jared Goff a little bit. Cooper Cup had a monster game. It was like 30, 40 points on Thursday night, and Honestly, it was on very little volume, too. Like he, It was mostly just very long touchdowns. He
3: had, um, he had 11 targets for
2: nine catches. Yeah.
1: Oh, nine, okay, for some reason, I thought it was like four or five catches. Anyways, no, I mean, there
2: were so many catches happening. Nine didn't even feel like that many in that game. That's what was happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, with Cooper Cup, I, I, I had worries about him coming into the season because uh, I like the talents of Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. But it kind of looks like that offense is going to be so good because of the weapons around it and because Goff is playing well that – you know, he's going he's gonna to support three uh, fantasy quality wide receivers. So um, as a guy who thought that maybe Cup was like a fringe starter, I think he he goes into that every week starter category outside of like unless your team is loaded.
2: Yeah, and I saw Cooper Cup on a lot of benches this week. So it, it I think that was the changing of the guard this week um, in that. So I think Cup – real quick, what valuation of Cup is out there? Because maybe there's a sell window on Cup too after that Giant game.
1: I, I think that – a lot of people will still have the same frame of mind that oh he's the number three wide receiver, I'm not gonna pay like an early first for a number three. Um and I don't think that anyone would sell for less than like I mean and when we're talking about like selling for the one oh six, you're not actually trying to sell for the one oh six right now. I'm more talking about what the one oh six was valued at right. in July or whatever. So um but yeah, I mean I I'd say like you'd need like a 105, 106 type valued player.
3: Yeah. And and for this for this offense, I'm not necessarily targeting one specific guy, whether it's Cup or Cooks or Woods, Uh, I think here we have to look at who's the least expensive. And I think that's the guy you want to go at. And I think Cup isn't going to be the least expensive anymore. If I mean, maybe it was between him and Woods previously. Uh, Obviously, Cooks is the most expensive. But like you said, Nathan, they're going to be able to support these three. And I I think all of them have been starters. And if you weren't starting them, shame on you, to be completely honest, because the volume's been there uh and you know with volume comes points so uh, i think i think it's i think it's going to be a good season for all
2: three honestly yeah and i think that's the i think that's the shark play is if you're able if you if you poke around and get one of them for cheaper than market value that's awesome and golf is a buy that's the thing is like even in one league leagues, like he's a buy that's that's ultimately what this is is if this production is going to continue. He's the guy. Um, okay, Nathan, or uh, Dan, I'll let you pick your next slotty receiver because I know how slotty you are. So,
3: <laughs> Well, I think we all know where I'm headed. Uh, let's go with my guy Sterling Shepard. Uh, all, caught all 10 of his targets. Yes, his yard per catch. Isn't that great? But again, he's more of the true slot receiver type. He's not running a ton downfield. Uh, so he went 10 for 77 with a touchdown in the midst of whether I think Odell was cramping a little bit. I'm not sure what that was, um, but he didn't have the greatest of games, but Shepard showed up and he played well. And Manning was his same kind of doo doo self. He made a few good throws in that game actually, but um, yeah, Shepard's Shepard's been a guy. I think that you can just consistently start week in and week out, just like cup and no, he's probably not ever going to have a 40 point game. But he got, he's got these ones peppered in, and I think he's got a pretty nice floor built in, honestly. And you can
2: still get him for relatively cheap, even though he's young. Yeah, I mean that that is probably the most surprising part of this, and uh, is is that he is still a pretty good value, and he, and he is the number two outlet. Although the Evan Ingram's uh, Evan Ingram, I don't know why I went full jersey there and threw an S on his name, Evan Ingram. <laughs> uh, we had some appetizers, uh, but he's. Um, I mean, him being out also really helped Shepard, too, uh, because obviously there's a ton of targets that are not going his way. But just from a fantasy point, comparing the two together is OBJ and certainly Shepard basically have the same number of fantasy points right now. I think OBJ has like four more this year, um, and you drafted them in a a completely different world from each other. Um, Yeah. Owning OBJ has been particularly brutal, which I don't think you need to overreact. But that's a player whose valuation is probably going to start to creep down, if I had to guess.
3: Yeah, and and the you know the Ingram stuff. I mean, he was always going to be volatile this year. I think uh, I don't think he was ever going to be a consistent producer. You were going to have big splash games, and you were going to have zeros. And obviously, the injuries throw kind of a wrench in those plans. But as far as Shepard goes, he's he's wide receiver twenty six right now in PPR. And he's going off the board. I'm pretty sure, well beyond that. Let me dig my ADP up here for just a quick second. He's going off the board at wide receiver, forty-three, according yeah. to September ADP. So there's a nice, there's a nice gap there where I mean you're just kind of gaining production for less, you know, for, for the price. But obviously, this is going to update as we as we get into uh, October here because you've got still guys like Kenny Galladay back there, Chris Godwin. Uh, I think those guys will all move up, but guys in front of him like Jamison Crowder, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Marquise Goodwin, which is crazy to me, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, all of those guys are going ahead of Sterling Shepard right now. According which probably to doesn't Semper hold. What's yeah, that?
2: I mean that probably doesn't hold to be true. No, no,
3: way. Uh,
2: no but, way. But it is it is worth mentioning that the there's I, I at least if somebody's doing it, I haven't seen them. There's nobody out there just starting the hype train for Shepard. Um, and I think maybe maybe we should <laughs> – maybe as a podcast we should start the hype train because he has been very, very good, and if that valuation holds so Because what is – let let me ask you the question, and maybe Na- I'll kick to Nathan since we're kind of just hogging the segment. Where is – from your side of things, Nathan, value-wise for Shepherd where is your buy, where is your where's your sell at for him?
1: Um,
2: and I, he has, I, is he a buy for you as well, I guess would be what I'd say. I
1: I think he he's a buy after a bad game. I, I, I just can't buy it today because right. I feel like you know <laughs> he had a really good game and, and every other podcast is going to say oh Sterling Shepard's a buy now, um you know you kind of have to wait for one dud game and it's not going to be a dud game because Sterling Shepard had a bad game it's going to be a dud game because Eli's terrible and so I mean some people talk about the uncertainty with the Giants and that's why Odell Beckham shouldn't be the 101. but honestly at this rate it can't get much worse than Eli Manning so whether it's you know some third round rookie or whether it's a first round you know Justin Herbert next year like. The next quarterback is going to be better than Eli Manning, and it's going to be a good thing for uh, Odell Beckham, and it's going to be a great thing for Sterling Shepard because, you know, the second wide receiver is more reliant on that quarterback being good as far as a weekly consistent play. And so Shepard, yes, he's going to be, you know, good and be probably a a wide receiver three, maybe even low and wide receiver two for the season. Uh, But as far as his future, I'm more looking at, you know, I, I think that he's a great buy with intentions of, oh, when the Giants get a new quarterback.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. And I think, I mean, that's just a, a good piece of practice in season is people overreact so hard in season and and just, like, buy up players who've had really good weeks and, and um, suddenly remember that somebody's actually talented. Well, you, what you need to do is have, like, a three-week-long memory and wait for, like, two bad games and then make it happen. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and pull off of our – actually, I guess I still owe us a, uh, a slotty – contribution, huh? <laughs> uh, so I'll real quick, I'll, I'll just choose DD Westbrook off of this, off of this bunch. Um, and that's a, a player that flashed and has had uh, double digit games in PPR three out of the four weeks this year. Um, and flashed flashed a lot last week, looked real, real good. Um, a player who's kind of emerging out of that bunch. Uh, it's frustrating to watch Dante Moncrief do anything in that. Uh, nothing's more frustrating. I found than watching it be a Dante Moncrief touchdown. Cause I know <laughs> that it doesn't matter. It's a black hole. Um, um, which happened again this past weekend. Yay. Um, I don't know. He's a guy that that I think has been the, the verdict's been out on, but it was pretty cheap in the offseason. People were pretty low on him. Um, and he's a guy that's kind of panning out. And, I mean, his valuation is probably still in the second round right now. Um, and to, for me, I'll take a shot on him. I don't know if, if Marquis Lee coming back is going to – how negatively impactful that will be, but I'll worry about that next year. Um, and maybe buy him again when all that hype's coming back. So Westbrook's really starting to flash, and that offense is starting to look like he can actually do things. So uh, for a second round valuation, I think I think I'm all aboard the D.D. Westbrook train.
1: Yeah, I think he's like I said, a good buy in a couple weeks when he does. He's not coming off right. one of the best games of his career, uh, but you know he's one of those guys that I, he's actually had a decent floor so far this season. You know, around that ten point mark. Yeah, I, I, I think that. You know, I, I, had him, I had him on a team that is probably, like, a year away. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw him my lineup every week and, you know, he's just going to, you know, get the job done. Or, you know, get the job done some weeks and, you know, have bad weeks, other weeks. But he's been fairly consistent. So, I mean, I, his consistency combined with his upside makes him a very solid play The a guy who could end up being drafted as, like, a top 30 wide receiver coming the offseason.
3: 100%. I, I think uh, anybody that's listened or or follows me on Twitter has known I've, I've been a, a DD fan um pretty much from the beginning he's he's just he's a really good wide receiver he's not the biggest guy in the world but he can take the top off the defense and and he runs really good routes i mean he won he won the uh, the politnik in in college and that's a really important accomplishment if you look at that list of players in the nfl that won that award it's it's a lot of really good wide receivers and a lot of stars there's a couple of duds but not many so i, I mean he, he fell in the draft because of personality things and you know, again, we don't want to speculate those things, but it looks like all of that's behind him. And after the game, Mr. Mr. Hora Bortles decided to drop name drop DD specifically. Uh, so I think that's a good thing moving forward as well. Because anytime your quarterback is, is willing to lean on a wide receiver, I think we see a slight more, uh, a slight uptick in volume that way.
2: Yep. I think, I think we're, I think we're all on board there. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and tell you about our sponsor, Roto QL here for a second. Um, They've been sponsoring the show pretty much for the entire season thus far. And uh, if you haven't checked them out, I strongly advise you to do so. Uh, as far as you can get an unfair advantage over your, your your potential pod mates, for example, if they were to take, I don't know, Mike Davis bets against you. <laughs> um, and if you wanted that unfair advantage, well, then look no further than downloading SquadQL, the only mobile app that helps you crush your friends and rivals this year. Uh SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week and then we tell you about it each week uh based on your starters, bench players and free agency pool. You may ask how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly to Yahoo, ESPN and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual rosters and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations plus the app gives you league rankings each week. It's all based on your particular league settings. SquadQL truly is the go-to app for fantasy football season. So head to squadql.com and download SquadQL. Your all-in-one fantasy football manager. Squad QL is brought to you also by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. All right, and we thank them for their sponsorship. Let's go ahead and move into uh, moving to a player who's finally coming of age, uh, 101 from the past, and that is Corey Davis. Finally looked like he belonged as the 101 this week?
1: I just want to start off by saying this is the uh, prototypical, oh, you should have bought low on Corey Davis. No, these are the the types of takes that are just absolutely wrong because they never happened. Nobody was selling low on Corey Davis. The people who who took him 101 are not going to sell after a few injuries or anything like that. And people say, oh, well, you know, his value was less. Saturday than it is Sunday. Well, sure, because he just had a thirty-point game. But people saying that there was a buy-low window on Corey Davis, I know that I think I've gone on the screen at least once or twice a year. It just (laughs) blows my mind when people say there's a buy-low window on a player that there was no buy-low window. There
3: was a there was a low market buy window though, because his his market had slid, and there that provided an opportunity. I'm not saying it was like oh you can sell him for peanuts, but I mean because of where his market fell to, I think I think that provided. A, a decent window, um, but not like a go get him for nothing window. If that's what you're saying.
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm legitimately saying I don't think there was a time where you could have gotten Corey Davis for anything less than like the 104.
3: Yeah, but that's on it. I mean, but
2: you paid the 101 to get him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and this is uh, let me let me play devil's advocate, and I'm not. I, I don't think I believe this actually, but isn't this what a player of his pedigree is supposed to do every now and then? At absolute worst is have like a stud game and then like he's been kind of muddling for the last 2 years just not producing much. Rashard Matthews leaves and suddenly he's like oh my time to go and that was what was holding him back well, I guess. He
1: was he was getting the targets and the volume early on the season it just wasn't connecting because Blaine Gabbert and broken armed Marcus Mariota was were his quarterbacks. Now Marcus okay. Mariota is healing a little bit and that uh, you know people I mean that that honestly might be one of the best plays in fantasy football is targeting bad volume if you see a lot of volume coming from a player and their quarterback is playing terribly that means once they get a better quarterback or their quarterback gets healthy that that volume is going to turn into good volume and turns into 30 points in a fantasy day so um I guess that that's my take on the Corey Day situation is whenever you see a player getting a lot of targets but not much volume, I mean it's the uh, it's Kind of similar to Devontae Adams. Yes, a lot of that was on Devontae Adams, his own drops and type of things. But the fact that they were consistently feeding him that volume and the volume wasn't turning into points, it's eventually going to turn into points when you get that much volume.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I, I, again, playing devil's advocate, I, I don't, I don't have a ton of Corey Davis, but I don't see how you could argue that he's not that the that the, Scott, the the needle's finally pointing up for him. But yes, also there was never a buy window. Nobody was out shopping Corey Davis. Never saw a trade where somebody was trying to throw in Corey Davis on their side.
1: I mean, the, the one the one share I bought this year was I, I traded Joe Mixon for him straight up, pretty much in, in a league. But I don't think that was a buy low. It was like nope. Here, here's two guys that are buying similarly.
2: No, you were losing that trade until this breakout game, right? Like in valuation, right. like exactly. that was until the injury in this breakout game. You were losing that trade. Uh, so okay, let's. Um, Anything else left on Corey Davis or do you guys want to pivot on to some quarterbacks? Pivot. All right, let's pivot. Um, I don't know why I turned it into like an old timer. Like, <laughs> <little triangle. laughs> ah, yeah, pivot. Ah. Like I took it from Ross turning a couch to gangster pivot. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Andrew Luck. Um, well, let's, let's talk about all kind of the stud young quarterbacks the next generation of quarterbacks and because all of them had pretty decent games uh and that's Andrew Luck, Mariota, and Carson Wentz uh episode starting to run a little bit long so maybe we just kind of lump them all in and kind of just give blanket takes on the three of them
1: yeah I mean I put this on the agenda (laughs) uh Andrew Luck back, Mariota back, Carson Wentz back basically my my question for the three of you if you're going to take one quarterback that is quote-unquote back and try and trade for him who are you going after of these three start with Dan
3: uh, well, that's, that's actually an interesting question. I, I don't think that Wentz ever, I mean, yes, he got hurt and whatnot, but I don't know that he really ever left. So I don't know that the buy window was really, really there. I think if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be the guy that I almost gave up on in like every league. And that was Marcus Mariota. I held, I'm like, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then I got to my breaking point and I, I almost pulled the trigger on about four different deals in different leagues and didn't trade him in any any place. So uh, I'm happy with that. I think for the value and, and because of perception, I think Mariota is your, is your probably cleanest buy here. Uh, I'm still not f- fully on board with Andrew Luck's shoulder. Uh, yep. He doesn't look great, but volume Luck has returned. So a- if he's going to be throwing it
2: 60 times a game, that's really hard to turn away, even though he's throwing ducks. I mean, there was that pass that he had where he threw the bomb to the end zone. And I thought it was going to hit the 10-yard line. Like, the way that thing was trajectory, <laughs> Like, it, it got there. It barely got there. But it, yeah. it honestly looked like a duck. And it was like, it, you know what it reminded me of? It was like Peyton Manning after he just didn't have it anymore. Yeah, what no neck looked. Manning. Yeah, it's like, when it was very clear, Manning did not have the arm and was just getting by on his brain. That's that's what I feel like we're watching with luck right now. Um, I, think, I think I have almost exactly the same take as you. I'm not a Mariota dude, but... If there is still people holding on him, and I think his value is starting to tumble, because uh, yeah, Wentz the value never went anywhere. He's still people's QB one. People weren't worried about it at all. Um, luck, people are starting to lose the faith, and I think rightfully so. Um, Mariota, people already have lost the faith, and and kudos to you, Nate or uh, Daniel, for still having you know the faith and and just hanging on by the hair there till he gets a good game back. Uh, but yeah, I think I think your take's exactly right, Dan.
1: Thank you. All right, I'll go. I'll go with my take here, and I think that the Andrew Luck truthers will be roaring very quickly. So I think that his price is going to so skyrocket like back.
0: Ah!
2: Actually, it's more a it, hawk. Sorry, that, was,
1: that was an odd roar there. Um, <laughs> I, I think that his price is going to you know rise a lot more quickly than Marcus Mariota as well. So I think that he is the, the better buy right now. I think that you know he still has Corey Davis, and hopefully that running game gets going a little bit with Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis. Um, so I, I think for the simple fact, yeah, I know uh, for, the, for, for the simple fact of uh, getting the cheapest quarterback here, I would, I, if I have to trade for one right now, it's Mariota.
2: So let's ask the valuation question. Cause if I'm looking at recent ADP, then I'm seeing Mariota is the 14 overall quarterback. I'm seeing Andrew Luck is the number five overall quarterback. And I'm seeing Wentz as the number four overall quarterback. First, can I point out that it's nuts that Andrew Luck's anywhere close to Wentz in valuation? They're four years, yeah. four years difference, and one is easily more productive than the other thus far. Um, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, what's the valuation that I guess you're putting on Mariota at that 14 spot there?
3: I
1: think he's in the 10 to 12 range.
2: Yeah,
3: I think I think Luck and Mariota should be in the same tier, and I think Wentz shouldn't be close to either either of the two
2: of them.
1: Yeah, and I said last week Wentz is my QB one, so getting him a QB four I think is a great value
2: okay um all right well let's go ahead and move on um let's talk about one of the more frustrating starts that i had this last week and that was me sitting around realizing that Fournette was active and then just trying not trying to talk myself out of getting cute and this time talking myself out of getting cute bit me in the butt finally uh so I started Fournette everywhere and ate a big pile of dog poo, is I guess what I would say for. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> is your Mike Davis situation. Yeah, this is it. Well, I mean, yeah, he cost me a couple games, which was super unfortunate. But um, Yeldon's looked okay. Um, I, Corey Grant seems to have a spot there. What I mean, Fournette. It seems like they brought him back too early, to be quite frank. I think that it just like he re-injured himself. I think they probably should have just shelved him a little bit longer and let him get back to 100. percent So um, who knows how long this lingers probably all season. If I were to take a shot in the dark, hamstring issues don't just vanish unless you let somebody sit there for a couple of weeks. Um, so what are we doing in this backfield? What's our play? What's the approach?
1: All right, boys, it's Uh-oh. time. It's time. The, the haters and losers, of which there are many have been calling <laughs> Leonard Fournette injury prone all off season. And it has been driving down his value from where it was, you know, kind of got to that 11 to 12 overall range, maybe driving it all the way down to the 18 to 24 range. It's going to be awesome because Leonard Fournette's going to end up being a, like, fourth round startup pick. And we are all going to be uh, profiting the winners, the people who know that Leonard Fournette is a long-term bell cow back. And, you know, a couple hamstring injuries aren't going to kill anybody. So, uh, yeah, I am going to go start buying Fournette because people are souring and souring very hard.
3: Eric, do you recall our Twitter exchange? about Leonard Fournette not yes I believe I
2: said he's not injury prone and you said get him off my team I believe is what he said I
3: didn't I didn't say get him off your team I just said it's it's good because you don't need him for the last four weeks of the season anyways so those 13 games he's usable every year will be perfect for you um it's just I
2: strongly disagree with your take by the way if I get 13 (laughs) games out of a starting running back that's fine I'm freaking thrilled
3: Okay, that, and that's that's great. And if you're okay with half, what's going to end up being probably ten, maybe twelve games with Fournette, that's that's great because the points are there when he's on the field. Uh, but I'm looking for a slight amount more consistency. I'm not saying that like, hey, you should everyone should go get Yeldon because Yeldon's better. That's definitely not the take because Yeldon isn't in the same class. Uh, he shouldn't even be listed in the same position uh, as Leonard Fournette because Fournette is that guy. The problem is, is he. It's just that soft tissue doesn't work well with with that big boy. So uh, I think I think this is just going to kind of be a lingering thing. I think the entire group has some value. Uh, obviously, Fortnite has the most. If he keeps f- sliding, I may end up with a couple of shares because the points are absolutely there, and the risk is worth the reward with him. Um, just not paying what he was going for previously. That that's right. where I found the issue. With Fournette, is you can almost guarantee he's not playing sixteen and paying all first round prices for him, basically. Or, or first high round startup prices. Yeah, first round startup yeah. prices. That was insane. That was, <laughs> insane. that was my issue. If he's getting into the third, into the fourth,
2: <laughs> all day, every day. I mean, he's me. not going to I, I don't think he's going to slip that far. Personally, I think he, that, he is. My,
1: people, people hate him that much.
2: I mean, that's I mean, fine. Him I'll, him I'll, him like, I'll take him there. Yeah, I'll, I'll still own him everywhere. I, I mean. It's, it's not often you get bell cow running backs in this league. And even if you get 10 games of a bell cow running back, you're not making a decision. It's fine. Like in this particular instance, the hamstring issue is super unfortunate. Like what the staff's doing. I mean, they clearly they know better than we do, but it did seem like they're bringing him back prematurely for, for almost no reason. Their offense has been fine without him. Granted, they're missing a piece where they can just hammer the ball, but it's still fine. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, no. If, if he starts falling in that range, I will literally own Fournette on every single team, and I'll go down with the ship. I, I captain is what I'll say.
3: You'll go down with his hip, I believe is what you meant to say.
2: Um, wow, that's that's very punny, Dan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let, let's wrap up the show, uh, boys and girls. Let's gather around the fire. Who is ready for the easiest sell in dynasty fantasy football history? <laughs> <laughs> it is Cameron Bright. With an injured OJ Howard, with Jameis Winston at quarterback, it is amazing. Uh, we had the first few weeks of OJ Howard being productive with Ryan Fitzpatrick. OJ Howard gets hurt, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets benched, and now the Twitter sphere is saying the stars have aligned for Cameron Brate and James Winston. I believe Eric has called them boyfriends before.
2: Yes, uh, yes, they are.
1: So, if you don't sell Cameron Brate before OJ Howard comes back, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like people are going to go crazy. Like th- this means that OJ Howard is not going to be the number one tight end when he returns, but that's just ridiculous. OJ Howard's the number one tight end. He's much more talented than Cameron Bray. Yes. There might be some rapport between the two, but no Cameron Bray will not be fantasy relevant when OJ Howard is back on the field.
2: Did I love the gather around the fire? Who's ready <laughs> for the tale of the world's easiest sell. Nathan? <laughs> uh... Uh, I'm I, I am I'm a Cameron Braid guy, but it is very obvious that now the time it didn't happen last year, but it's happening now is when OJ Howard's in the game. Cameron Braid ain't doing nothing. He ain't seeing the football. So it, I I guess maybe him and Jameis are hitting a, a rough patch, or maybe Fitz, you know, is is you know not his boyfriend. Uh, but I think Cameron Braid, the writings on the wall that if you can get rid of him now, if that's I completely agree with Nathan. Now's the time. Uh, and I've been a I've been. Very outspoken about him having a lot of value in the past years. Now it's I think it's over. Get rid of him. What are you? Now, what would you sell? By the way, sorry, second. Go if, ahead.
1: I I'd want a mid second.
2: Yeah, I, I think that, and I think it's reasonable.
3: I was going to say now was the time, like three years ago um if you're still hanging on to cameron Braid, you you've got some issues you might want to seek some help but i
1: i honestly don't think cameron Braid's fantasy value has ever been higher than it is right now with people going on
3: hundred percent because now james is back and you've got his his go-to because oh, you know it's not going to be mike evans
2: <laughs> yep all right well on that note i guess we're gonna have to wrap the show boys um that was a that was a good week. Um, I'm not going to lie, Nathan. Uh, I haven't laughed. I laughed so hard at Twitter last night with this <laughs> Mike Davis stuff. I was like, my wife actually kept turning to me and being like, "What is the matter with you?" As I'm like giggling like a little schoolgirl in bed with like all the gifts coming up and like everybody and their dog coming out of the woodwork. So kudos to you, Dynasty TradeCast listeners, on getting involved in that because that was a. Ton of fun last night
3: and make sure you send all your well wishes and positive thoughts to the seattle seahawks in hopes that they do continue to use mike davis so we all can enjoy ourselves uh one more time <laughs> just
2: uh, just because uh, well it, i think technically you said one more week nathan so if that happened I, I, have, I
1: haven't listened to the audio you said you're gonna plug it into the beginning oh so. it's
2: getting plugged in but yeah um, you're gonna eat dog, to you are, i believe your your statement at the end is i will eat dog poop on this podcast is what i believe you said <laughs> Yeah, More than one.
3: More than one was the qualifier, so yeah. You're, you're not looking so hot, buddy.
2: Uh, all right. Well, um, for Nathan's sake, I, I personally don't want to watch him eat dog poo, but I do want to see his face when he has to admit that he doesn't want to. Uh, all right. Well, for Nathan, Dan, and myself, um, I think we're out of here, guys. Uh, Nathan, I think you might have something to tell us on the tail end, though. Kadoosh. Gadoosh, let's see it. All right. <laughs> Later, guys. Okay, I don't know
4: what you're <laughs>